This is a production of the AJ Podcast Network. Yeah, you gotta be If I'm your cage, leave But if you stay with me Eventually we'll find happy Here we go again with another episode of the Passage Home Podcast Starring the Dr. Stanley Russian And I'm your co-host, Bax Billion. Now go ahead and please visit our website at www.linktree.com forward slash Passage Home Podcast. There you'll find all our links to our show. And don't forget to ask Alexa, play the Passage Home Podcast for you on iHeartRadio. And oh, don't forget about my other podcast where me and my boy AJ talk about things that we all can relate to along with our newest co-host, Anne Marie. It's going to be www.linktree.com, AJ and Bax. Again, www.linktree.com forward slash AJ and Bax, and don't forget to ask Alexa to play the I Can Relate to That podcast for you as well. If you need to reach us, go ahead and get in contact with us at passagehome at gmail.com. If you're interested in uh, sponsorship, just go ahead and drop us a line at passagehomepodcast at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, Dr. Stanley Russian, how you doing today, sir? Amazing. By the grace of God, everything Amen. is amazing. And, yes, sir. Uh, Look, uh, we want to dive right in. Um, I'm once again I'm humbled by my guests, and 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 so thankful that uh, the Most High brings so many spiritually minded, Afrocentric African Americans and Africans our way to share with those out there who don't really have the vantage point of seeing what we can do to thrive in Africa. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, I want to introduce Dr. Jamil Harrell Sims, uh, PhD. Okay. Welcome, Welcome to the show, doctor. Thank you, Grand Rising. It is such an honor, and it was such an honor to be able to meet you. Mm. Praises yeah. to the Most High. Yeah, yeah. Give thanks. Give thanks. Um, um, I, I want to um, get get into um, your bio, and we can get into the show with what you can share with us. Let me give you a short version. Okay, so I am a professor researcher. Um, I am a clinical herbalist in training. Business owner, I have a nonprofit, Harrell Kegler Interventions Incorporated, where we are really trying to help our people uh, be self-sufficient, learn the truth about our history, our story. And I have uh, two YouTube channels, Organic City Homesteaders, where we talk about how to grow food, you know, farming in our backyard. And then I have Harrell Kegler Presents, where we have... Um, episodes that talk about things in our community. Um, So I do a lot of uh, work. I'm also known for um, 
lectures in family, African-American family studies. That's my doctorate. And uh, dealing with issues of race, uh, which I'm doing currently. Uh, and I'm just, uh, you know, just just realizing what time it is and what we need to do. And, you know, open our minds because we must wake up. Yes, ma'am. So my next question to you is when you first went to Africa and you arrived there on the continent, uh, knowing you personally, uh, meeting you, I know you are a very sensitive um, spiritual person. What did you feel when you first stepped onto the continent and what country were you in? I had the pleasure of, uh, I'm a Fulbright uh, scholar. And so I was chosen to uh, spend uh, quite a bit of time in Tanzania. The true name is Tanganyika. And so we, it was like a 20 something hour flight. We, I flew from California to Atlanta, Atlanta to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Kilimanjaro and from there to Dar es Salaam. It did not uh, it was very uh, surreal, but the first, we arrived there at night. Uh, we got to our dorms uh, at the University of Dar es Salaam is where we were going to be teaching. And we were arrived at our dorms. And that night, it was just when I first uh, got off the plane, I just couldn't believe. I, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I had no, no way to describe my feelings and then it didn't really hit me where I was until that morning. That's when it hit me. Uh, mm. I think I think I cried that night because mm. I could not believe that I finally made it. I had been wanting to go to Africa for years. And uh, what you're giving, you giving me chills. <laughs> <laughs> what that morning, uh, my my very very good friend. Uh, I was with like three doctors and uh, some masters and undergrad students, about 17 of us. And what woke me up that morning, the first thing I heard was the call to prayer, the Athan. Mm. And about 20, 30 minutes later, I heard the Catholic church bells. Mm. Then I heard the animals. And when I woke up, I cried. Uh, mm. I remember crying I think I think my 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 partner was crying because we couldn't believe we were there. It's like I'm really here. I'm home. Mm. And and uh we got up, they fixed us right. I mean, it was just a completely different, you know, the breakfast was different. I mean, they pulled our food up off the out of the ground and and made our food. We had a designated uh, cook. We had people to whatever we needed. We had people designated to take care of that. Wow. And and we were in a compound. And so it's when we walked outside the compound, uh, the first thing they were selling fruits and vegetables. And uh, the first thing is you have to eat an orange. That's the first thing you do when you get here. And so I I ate this orange, and it was not like the oranges we know. It was the sweetest. It had a different color to it, a different texture. <laughs> Um, it was, I was, uh, taken aback because, you know, we have this, 
this uh, stereotype that when you get to Africa, there's a bunch of huts and everybody's in African clothes and you just have this stereotype. Yeah. Well, nobody had on African clothing. Everybody was dressed wow. like us. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and I saw people that look like, you know, somebody I grew up with, my uncle. Right. They look they look just like us. See, and they mm-hmm. do that. They try to make us not want to go there. See, they don't want us to, to create that connection with our people back home. So they try to they try to present it as a place where we wouldn't want to go. Yeah, yeah, they're lying to us, but but see, we're waking them up with this podcast, though. <laughs> they have no yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, the experience, I mean, I'm about to cry because nobody understands, unless you were there, you don't understand the experience, the spiritual experience that you have. Mm-hmm. The, and that's just the first day. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. Amazing. I mean, people go. They say, "Well, I'm going to go to the, the I'm going to go to the continent for a week or two, six months, three months, six weeks." <laughs> you really, really understand what it is to be home. Mm. Two weeks, you don't really understand it. You have a piece of it, but the longer you stay, the more you understand and the more truth you get exposed to. Right. And and you feel welcome every place you go. Yes. Okay. Yes. In fact, um, I remember the first time we were we were walking, you know, everybody split up, you know, you have your your groups and we're walking and we're looking around and and uh there was a there's a uh it's like a bus. It's called the Dala Dala. And I don't know how they knew. It must be the way we walked, what we had on, or I don't know how they knew. But a bus came by and the people were screaming, Daughters of Obama! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome home! And people were saying that the stolen ones have returned. Wow. And it was just amazing. It's like, you all look just like us. How do you know? But they know. Mm. But they tell you, you know, welcome home. They're sweet people. I mean, I the hell I think the healthiest I have ever been in my life was when I was home because there's no pesticides, there's no no uh, steroids. I mean, we every morning our morning was like we get up about six a.m. We hear the rooster crow, mm-hmm. and we get dressed and we hike for t- two miles. Mm. And we're hiking through and people, the, the the women are, you see all this farming and they're out there and they're pulling up the greens and they're pulling up the turnips and they're pulling up their food for the day. And we're, we're, we're walking through there and we're seeing, you know, and they're waving and we're waving and we're passing, you know, the chickens and everything. And you leave your compound and the chickens are there. And, and so we take those two hour, uh, that two hour hike, and then we come back, we take a shower, and then our food is 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 created. The eggs here have a yellow yolk. The eggs there, there's Orange. no yellow. Yeah, there, yeah, it's not yellow. Right. It's, it's the bread is thick, it's white. They have a vegetable. They have cuckoo, which is chicken. Um, they have uh, I forgot what they call potatoes, and they have samosas, and. You eat your food, and and the first thing I thought was, this is chicken. I mean, it's really small. It's not big. Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> it ain't grown up. No, yeah. I'm like, 
this is a chicken breast? (laughs) (laughs) No no steroids. None of that. None of that. And and you eat, and then after you eat, you get on the bus and you go to the campus or wherever they're taking you. And, you know, we're used to seeing cats and some squirrels where the monkeys are in the trees and, and, uh, you know, they're not afraid of you. And I had some chips, me and my, my buddy, and we're sitting there talking and I didn't pay attention to the chips and the monkeys have found a way to use their tails to take, steal my chips. (laughs) (laughs) And and the, everybody is so laid back and so cool and, and, they're just, you don't see any stress mm. and you don't see any violence. Wow. No violence. Mm. None. None. Mm. Wow. That's beautiful. Did you bring us back some of those orange seeds so we could grow some here? <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because, because this country won't let you bring certain things back. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, you they, so they're saying you can't you can't go to Africa and bring back none of that life that that they got over there. That's basically what they say. Yeah, they also said that we uh, couldn't bring back the money, but some of us snuck the money back to keep as a souvenir. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we we totally ditched all our American clothes. We made it rain. We bought everything they could make because we wanted to make sure that they knew that we loved them. And that we were, you know, we were going to uh, deposit money into their lives and make their lives easier. So we spent, the American dollar goes so far. We we probably dropped the equivalent of $5,000 on them just out of love. Mm. You know, because our our money here is probably, in Tanzania, is like five times. And we just, you know... We well, gave you tips. Made, you made it rain. <laughs> we made it rain. Yes. Yes. No, no, uh, no like um uh one rapper said, it, he didn't make it rain here, you brought a hurricane. <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah. No, he said, no, when I go in the club, it's a category five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. How much do you have to spend over there? Like far as far as financially, you said five thousand, and you know in America five thousand is really not a lot of money, but like just over there, you know. Uh, the the cost you asking about the cost of living, yeah. Right. Well, let me explain the five the equivalent of five thousand dollars. Okay. Uh, I went over there. We knew we were going to be there six weeks to three months, six months. We didn't know. I brought three hundred and fifty dollars American mm. dollars. When I left, I still had a hundred dollars left. <laughs> wow. So our money now, if we had euros, it'd be worth even more. But the average, the living right. there is people, uh, the, the generally they live off a hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That takes care of everything. A hundred dollars a month. A hundred dollars is what we pay to fill our gas tank. Right. So, uh, you know, our, our, uh, capacity, to them, we were very wealthy, mm. but none of us were. It's just, you know, it was a chance of a lifetime and you want to make sure that you bring enough because you may not get the opportunity to go back and you want to you want to get as much as you can. Our food, our lodging, everything was paid for. Mm. So the, so that was pocket change. And I will admit that I did. I was able to, to wire 
more money because I wanted, I wanted, we, you know, we all wanted to bless, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Dar es Salaam and Arusha. We went to Pimba. We went to Zanzibar. We spent time in Zanzibar. That was, that was really out of this world. Um, that is a, a nation, a Muslim nation state. It is, uh, it was, it is very, very interesting. And, and we learned the history the true history that we were never taught in this country about slavery. Mm. And that in itself was, was an experience that some of us could not sleep in the slave castle at all. Refused to do so. Question. Yes. What was your feeling when you went into that slave castle? What did, did you pick up any vibration from, from ancestors and, and, um, um, the horrors that went on in there? We saw several. So the first slave castle we went to, we were in Bagamoyo. And the history of Bagamoyo is the Arabs came first to enslave. Right. And the Portuguese, the British and the Portuguese came after. And Mm -hmm. the, and the caves of Bagamoyo, the thing about Bagamoyo is even after the British outlawed slavery, the Arabs were still kidnapping the indigenous, the Aboriginal people of Tanzania, and keeping them in the in the caves of Bagamoyo till the Portuguese came, ships came, and then they put them on the ships and sent them to Brazil. That's why Brazil has the largest amount of diasporic Africans uh, outside of of the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the second largest, and uh, so we before we went into the caves. I mean, we went into the slave castle. We went into the caves. And the feeling, it was a feeling of terror. Uh, it was a feeling of, you know, some of, you know, I kind of, I didn't, I didn't want to go in there, but I felt like I had to go in there. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I had to know. Some of us would refuse. And I said, I have to know. I have, I'm intuitive. So I, I, I had to know and feel what they felt in order to fully take advantage of the opportunity that I had. And, and, and you know, if they, have to, if they want to speak to me, speak to me. And uh, it was, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. And I, I, I could feel wailing and crying. And when you see these little, they how they had them in there and you see these little caves. I mean, you can't even stand up in these caves. And that yet they kept them in there for, for months. You know, um, we went to the slave castles and just being in the slave castles and the dungeons and uh, I, had, I had great anger. Uh-huh. Uh, the Germans uh, came and I had great anger. And then there was a post here and this is what they did. The Arabs, the, the Germans came. And so the Arabs told, told uh, our brothers and sisters, if you help us fight the Germans, we will free you. Mm-hmm. So our brothers and sisters, they, they, they whooped some tail. Mm. And after they whooped their tail, then the Arabs they of course they didn't keep their promise, and the and the most fierce warriors, they had a a a, a, a post an area they hung them all, mm-hmm. and so uh, you're you're learning this information, and uh, you know some of us cried. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know it, it just 
when you find, and then you talk to the locals, you talk to the elders who tell you that they, they don't have, they keep the oral tradition because um, the Arabs are the ones that generally have the power there and they, they don't put that in the history books. They say the fear is that the youth will find the truth and they will rise up and take, and, and take the rightful place. But at, right. when we went, uh, Julius Nieri was, was uh, I believe, was the president at that time. Um, and uh, while we're learning all this information, uh, we had the opportunity to see the other side. Uh, there was a castle called St. Mark's, and, and, and four of us stayed in the castle, which had a dungeon under it. We stayed there. Others did refuse to stay there. We stayed there because we wanted. When you say stay, you spent the night. We stayed there for four days in that castle. Wow. Wow. We stayed there four days. Out of 17, everybody else said they refused to stay. But we chose to stay because we felt if the the ancestors can't tell you what they want to tell you if you don't stay. Right. So so we stayed and. I would, I would kind of, I would kind of say being downloaded mm-hmm. with, with, with the, the spirit. The spiritual, when you get that download, it's a, it ain't, it ain't a lesson. It's like everything in a download package right into your spirit, and explains everything. When you have to unfold it and everything, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, what kind of, what kind of download did you get? The pain, the agony, um, don't forget them. Don't forget them. Mm. Um, A lot of children, Mm. a lot of atrocities, a lot of rape, a lot of torture. Mm. Uh, Don't forget them. It was like, it, it felt like you finally made it here. We need you to take over. We need you to do something. Right. It was like it was. It felt like they were waiting for us to come home, mm-hmm. and that was East Africa. They're waiting for us to come home. Um, right. And, right. And take over. And some of them told us, "Please take over. Please right. bring business here. Please help us." You know, mm. you. They tell you that they don't. That Africans don't like us, but that's not my experience. Mm-hmm. They love us. They 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 were all over us. Uh, mm. They was I've never met such beautiful, kind, loving people ever in my life. Mm. Yeah, I I uh, I spoke to a brother who you know, and he said he had an experience in Ghana airport where he was getting his luggage. And a little boy tugged on his coat, and he turned around, and he and the little boy said, "We've been waiting for you, you know, uh, to come home." And so he turned around to get his get his luggage. He turned back around, the little boy disappeared, mm. you know. And so wow. hearing that from you, because he that's his spirit. That when I asked him spiritually what he felt when he went to Ghana, he he specified that. That 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 you know um, that was so powerful. Just hearing it from him, and when he turned around, he had he had disappeared, and stuff. And then you know the other other people on our podcast spoke about um, 
uh, spirits speaking to them there in Ghana and places saying, welcome home. And, and, and everybody alive was saying the same thing. Welcome, welcome home. Welcome home. Oh man, I'm going. I'm going to understand. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> you, you really have to go because after a while, I had been gone. I had been gone from the states a long time, and so, uh, you know, the the news that you hear there is is totally different than what you hear here. Here is mm-hmm. your. It's it's the media, the most evil demon in America. It it programs you to believe the opposite of what is true. That's a fact. And and I, I I started to become homesick. And the reason why I became homesick is because my daughter had gone off to college, and I wasn't there to see her off to college. And so I started getting homesick, and I was I was a little teary eyed. And so the brother said, "Sista, what's wrong?" I said, "I need to go home." He said, "But Sista." You are home. Mm. And then I just really started crying. And then I, <laughs> I, I was bawling at that time. And then he said, mm. you get your family and you come back. This mm-hmm. is your home. Wow. Wow. And, wow. and, and I, then I felt guilty for even wanting to come back. Mm. But I had my, my, my kids and, you know, so I was trying to figure a way how can I get them to come back? And, and, uh, you know, they want you, they want us to set up businesses because they know that we'll treat them better. And while I was there, uh, I know Geronimo Pratt, uh, was in Tanzania. Uh, I know that, uh, mama, uh, Charlotte and, uh, brother Pete O'Neill, they're in Arusha. Uh, we were also in Arusha and, you know, just, um, there are some expats, in, in, in Tanzania, and I, I, I'm connected with a few now uh, that are there. And I know when they say, when they talk about what it's like to live there, I know because I was there for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, know, you, know. you lead us into our last question. Um, what, do you, what did you see that the average unaware African-American don't know about how he can live and thrive over there in in Africa? First of all, um, understand that your money here goes a very long ways. And people in Africa, they are not running around like we've been taught doing nothing. They are business people. There are businesses everywhere. Everyone is selling something there's, there's nobody's begging for anything. They all are selling something. They're very mm. prideful people. An American can go over there. You can start a business. Uh, you can have a nice home. They have very nice homes there and hotels. They have malls. They have the things we have. It's just different. You know, even the Maasai are selling the jewelry. You know, people are selling fabric and clothing. They have tailors. There's things that you can do. If you think you can go to the motherland and what am I going to do? How am I going to make it? You'll make it the same way you make it here. Understand you will live a whole lot better there. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to deal with this racism because everybody looks the same. It's like, and I don't mean that you can't tell one from the other. I mean, we're all, if you want to use the colors in the crown box, we're all black, mm-hmm. we're all African. We may come from Britain. They ask you, are you, from, are you British? Or are you Americani? Um, 
You know, they say black Americani because people think Americans are all white. They're not. Mm-hmm. You can go over there. You can open restaurants. You can set up businesses. You can open a school. They need schools. The schools need you. They need computers. You can set up a school. You can set up a program. There's so much that you can do. Listen, I saw the Peace Corps over there. They looked at us like, what were we doing there? We're at home. Why are you here? <laughs> All right. Yes. So there's a uh, lot that you can do. Uh, this good living, you'll eat good food. You grow your own food. The refrigeration is not like you. They don't have refrigeration. It's fresh. Mm. It's fresh. Marriage is a big thing there. Family is number one. The number one law in, in, in Tanzania, and I'm sure it's all over the continent, is respect for life. They get in an argument. Here, you get an argument, you got to dodge bullets. There, I saw the worst argument I ever saw in my life. The two bowed and parted ways. It tripped us out. Mm-hmm. So they respect life. It's not what you think. Yes, there's, there's corruption. It's corruption everywhere, but <clears throat> it's the heart of the people. These are your people. Right. Yeah. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Uh, Brax, you have any closing question? Uh, we're about to get hit the music, right? So, and- so for one, is it, this is like really overwhelming, but I'm learning though because I'm trying to make that transition over there to go over there and meet with my people. So I'm definitely grateful for this conversation. Um, yes, that Dr. Stanley, you always bring the best guests, and it's just the connection is is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. just, me and Dr. Stanley were just talking yesterday about getting me and a couple of my friends over to Africa and, you know, just listening to you. Like, I don't know if I want to go to Tanzania or I don't know if I want to go to uh, Gambia or what, but I'm definitely going to get over there and try some of those oranges though. <laughs> for real. The some vegetables. Of that fruit. I love that. Everything. Like that's, that's how, that's how I like to live. That's how I like to uh, uh, consume things, put life into my body. Cause I've been through so much, you know, I've been shot before and I got shot in my stomach, which, which is your second brain. So I'm trying to rejuvenate my, my, you know, my, my body and my being. Um, so I know that, you know, the foods that we eat here are contaminated. Even when we are eating the best foods that they have here, it's still contaminated. So just going over there and just being able to eat and put some life into my body. I know that'd be a beautiful thing as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So the doctor, uh, do they call you Doctor J? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what they uh, call me, Doctor J. Uh, we, are, as I said in the beginning, I was humble, and uh, you, you um, proved the reason why I was humble. You know, you gave me everything that I wanted to to, uh, portray to the audience. Um, I want to thank you, and I, you know, I really appreciate you. And uh, and I, I am blessed to meet you. And we will be doing a lot of work in the future. You know, all I can say is that I'm I'm grateful and, and humble. With, with your presence here. Likewise. Likewise. Yes, definitely. It's, that's the most high connection. I haven't, mm-hmm. I've been talking about it ever since. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. And so, um, uh, I, I want to uh, say, um, uh, back, you got to close out for the show. All right. Well, listen, 
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, with another great episode of the Passage Home Podcast. Um, we have Dr. Jay Harrell on the show, starring Dr. Stanley Russian. Dr. Stanley Russian always bring the best guests. Y'all have a great day, great evening, great life, and peace be unto you. Hotel. Hotel. This is a production of the AJ Podcast Network.